Good morning. <laughs> you need to turn the power switch on. Gifts. Gifts are sometimes really hard to figure out. What is the perfect gift? What do you buy that person that has everything? If it's your 20th anniversary, what are you supposed to buy? Well, if you actually Google the best gifts, USA Today, The New York Times, um, Kate Spade, um, Oprah Winfrey, they are all really willing to help us figure out what the perfect gift is. And Bride Magazine is really helpful in figuring out that perfect anniversary gift. Anniversary, first anniversary, paper. Um, Steve, if you, uh, that would have been tough, tough to swallow. We do have a rule in our house. Gifts with cords, like power cords attached, not allowed, unless I specifically asked for it. Okay, that got established right away. Anniversary number 10, aluminum. What? Has anybody ever gotten a gift that was aluminum for their anniversary? I don't even know what that is. Uh, year 16, wax. I can go a lot of places with that. Anniversary 20, China. Didn't you get China 20 years ago when you registered for your wedding? Maybe not. Maybe that's not a thing anymore. 25th anniversary, silver. We see that when we celebrate our 25th wedding anniversaries. And then 60th, diamond. I have to wait another 60 years <laughs> to get a diamond? Like, we have been doing this for a real long time. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> All right, so I actually did Google the best gifts. And it wasn't really that great. Those people weren't really helpful. So I actually... Instead of Googling, I texted and talked to a whole bunch of my friends, both men and women, and I asked them, what is the best gift that you have ever received, and what made it the best gift? And here's what they said. My grandmother's time and listening ear. She listened, explained, and taught me so many things. A surprise trip from my husband. He made all the arrangements arrangements and took care of every detail, even getting me time off. Way to go. A decoration that I would have never picked for myself. I treasure it because when I look at it, I think of my son and his love for me. My children, they have helped me to understand God's love and the sacrifice that he has made for me. Interactions with others through small group, worship, serving, just bumping into people, just at the right time when I needed to. A music box and a quilt that brings me memories of my mom. An iPod with all the hookups for my car. I spent a lot of time in the car driving back and forth to college, and I couldn't afford a new one. My dad, who never buys gifts, bought it himself and gave it to me. Any gift that I didn't ask for but somebody saw it and thought of me. It means they really see me and they really know me. Restoration in a relationship when I didn't think it was possible to repair. Time together. It was a surprise visit from my daughters when I was really missing them. A coffee cup from my daughter that she made for me and a cardigan with a funny backstory. Both gifts make me feel 
and know that I am really known and loved. For the backstory on the cardigan, you need to talk to Jer our friend Jeremiah. My mom's ruby earrings and ring, they remind me of the special relationship that we had. And handwritten notes from my boys. I was like, boys? Write notes? <laughs> what? Super sweet. Then I asked my husband, of course, and of course he said something really sweet. And then yesterday, when I brought him a gas can on the snowmobile trail, He opened up the back and he goes, maybe this is the best gift. <laughs> I was really not feeling like a super gracious gift giver at the time, so I just let that go. <laughs> then he says, maybe I should fix the gas gauge. And I'm like, there's a gift. <laughs> Aside from yesterday's gifts, there are definite themes that run through all of the things that my friends have shared with me. And I will share that in a bit. But this morning, we're going to dig into one verse of Paul's letter to the Galatians, verse 20 of chapter 2. It also happens to be our 2023 prayer focus for the year. If you haven't grabbed a sticker, oh, I was going to bring one up and I forgot. Stickers at the information desk, it has our prayer focus, this verse. You can stick them anywhere. Our annual prayer focus provides a means for us to connect with God through regular interaction with a particular verse. It's a verse that we may commit to memory, and it's one that we may include in our daily prayers. The annual prayer focus is a verse that you can meditate on, allowing God to have space and a place to speak to you through those words. So let's take a look at it. In your blue Bibles, page 972, Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Here, Paul is talking about the Jewish experience of converting to Christianity. They really struggled to understand how it was possible that Jesus alone was sufficient. Jesus alone would be able to keep them in, righteous, in a right rela relationship and righteous before God. Remember that the Jewish Christians had faith in Jesus as the Messiah, but they also believed that they had to keep the law, and counted on the works of the law to keep them right with God and understanding and knowing that they are living in God's will. For them, the law which God had given to them through Moses was the guide to righteous living. They did what the law said, and they could maintain a right relationship with God. Paul is telling them that having faith in Jesus and keeping the Jewish law totally contradicts the intention of the gospel. It's like wanting friends, but being unfriendly. It's like wanting community, but keeping to yourself and not initiating interaction. It's like judging others for the things that we ourselves do. It's like saying one thing but doing another. 
like I want to save the earth, but I burn my garbage. Saying that you love and support someone, but talking about them, not to them. These are contradictions, and they don't add up. So Paul is trying to help them to understand how justification through faith in Jesus Christ alone is sufficient. He understood the challenge because he and the other apostles were Jewish. He knew what they were dealing with and the struggle that they had. He knew why the requirement to, de to deny the sufficiency of the law and affirm total sufficiency in Christ was so difficult for Jewish Christians. Justification through faith in Christ was a huge paradigm shift. They were raised to respect and strictly adhere to the laws. Think about how hard it is to retrain our brains to do something different than what we have always done. Like um, going from a paper calendar to an electronic calendar. That was a shift, and it took some time and a little bit of back and forth. But what about when you get married and you realize that your husband has always done something very different than you have, like loading the dishwasher or folding towels or not folding them or figuring out and balancing the checkbook or not? What? Who doesn't? Who does not? figure out the checkbook and balance the checkbook. For those of you that do not understand what I am talking about because you are a digital native, okay, yep, mm -hmm, I, you raised your hand, you know, you actually don't know, so I'm gonna tell you. Here's the deal, way back when, there was these little tiny pieces of paper and when we signed them, they turned into real money. And then we would have to take them and we would enter them in and keep track of them and keep track of our balance using an actual calculator to know how much money we had in our bank. That's what that was. <laughs> That's what I did. That is not what he did. So it was very different. I could not wrap my brain around. I remember saying, but how do you know how much money we have? He's like, it's, on, it's right on the web page. All right, took a while. It was a paradigm shift. I, do no, I no longer physically, manually balance checkbook. Change is really hard. How can Christ alone possibly be sufficient for our salvation? This is often still hard to understand, and it's still really hard for us to believe. Because God sees us, because he loves us, and because he wants to be with us, he has offered a new covenant through his son, Jesus Christ. The last words of verse 20 say, the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. These are Paul's words, but they can also be our words. We can read it and allow me to actually be me. It is actually you, the son of God who loved me and gave his life for me. The first words of verse 20 say, I have been crucified with Christ. Paul wasn't literally crucified with Jesus. Jesus was crucified on Paul's behalf, and he was crucified on our behalf. 
This means that those who profess to have faith in Jesus Christ, the Son of God, as our Savior, are identified with his suffering and his death. He took our sinful past with him to the cross. Our old life has been put to death. It's like there's a line that has been drawn. The old life is part of the life lived without Jesus, and the new life is the life lived with Jesus. The old life is over, and the new life in Christ begins. It's like before you get married. Life before marriage might have looked different than life after marriage. Life before you have kids might have looked different than life after you had kids. Life before an electronic calculator and grade book, no, calendar and grade book might have looked different before the electronic. Life before your first cell phone and after. I know, kids, you don't even know what that means. <laughs> It doesn't mean that we will no longer sin. We do, and we will. And it doesn't mean that we are going to live the perfect life and the perfect faith. The lure of this world is too strong. In a world where efficiency and productivity are rewarded, in a world where accomplishment and independence are fiercely encouraged, in a world where acquisition of knowledge, position, power, notoriety, and material wealth are expected, we are going to be in a battle. The paradigm shift might actually feel like a roller coaster ride. We go up and we go down, we might turn on our side. It's not a straight path. Life in Christ does not, that we, does not mean that we are going to do this life perfectly and without sin. But Christ is and offers guidance and the ability to know God's will. This is what it means to be in Christ. Paul said, it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. For Jewish Christians, the object of their faith had to move from God's revelation through Moses to God's revelation through Jesus Christ. And the Holy Spirit replaced the law as the focus of God's will. It is the Holy Spirit that connects us to Jesus Christ. It is the Holy Spirit that keeps us in fellowship with him. Through faith, we are in Christ. By means of the Holy Spirit, Christ is in us. What Paul is saying is the center of his being is Christ. It is no longer him. In Christ, it is Christ in the person of the Holy Spirit that dwells in us. And that inward reality will produce outward evidence of Christ in us. Christ loves you. 
Christ gave his life for you. And Christ wants to live in you and through you. Paul said, And the life I have lived in the flesh, by faith, and the life that I have lived in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God. While we live in the flesh, meaning physically here and now, Christ with us, Christ in us, we are still going to struggle with sin. And we don't get a pass on pain and suffering. To live by faith means that we will live a new life through faith in Christ. Christ in me and Christ through me. If Christ is at the center of our being, like Paul had described of himself, there should be evidence of it. If Christ is the center of our being, do our decisions, actions, relationships, words, do they reflect this? If Christ is the center of our being, do our decisions, actions, relationships, and words represent him well? God can and he will use us for his glory and for his purpose when we choose to live by faith in his son, Jesus Christ. Verse 20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I live in this flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Christ loves us. He says, I see you and I know you. Christ gave his life for us. New life in him is the perfect gift, the best we will ever receive. Christ wants to live in us, and he wants to live through us. It is the Holy Spirit that allows us to be with Jesus always and forever. The gifts that my friends shared with me were the, gift, were the best gifts because they were given and received in the context of a real connection in relationship. The tangible gift was not the actual gift. They were the evidence of the actual gift. The gift of being seen. The gift of being heard. The gift of being truly known by another. Verse 20 is our 2023 prayer focus. It's a good one. It reminds us of this new state of being when we are with Christ. It's a state of being seen, being heard, being known, and being loved by the creator of this entire universe. It's this state of being with Christ that we remember and celebrate when we come to the Lord's Supper. This morning, we will continue um, with our new communion format that we started in January. 
and you are invited to come up to the tables up front, and you will use kind of these like middle, center, nope, not center, middle aisles to come forward. Form two lines because in front of or beside each of these tables, there's going to be two people. So it makes sense to have two lines on both sides. Okay? And then when you have received communion, you go back down the center or you go back down the outsides. Does that make sense? There's extra space up here created for the movement. If you want to be served, you can walk up and approach our servers like this. And we will take the bread and we will dip it in the wine and we will serve it for you. If you prefer not to, you can walk up and you can grab a piece of bread and you can dip it in the wine and serve yourself if you choose. All of the bread is gluten-free, so you don't have to worry about which line you are getting into. And if you are unable to move forward easily, raise a hand and one of our ushers will come to you and bring the elements to you. I look forward to participating in the Lord's table with you this morning. Let us pray. In the quietest of the moment, I invite you to contemplate the true gift of Jesus Christ, the gift of forgiveness, the gift of being seen, being heard, and being truly known. I invite you to contemplate the gift of him working in us and through us.